Welcome to the Bourbon Boys. I'm joined once again with an old friend of the podcast, Jonathan Cleefoot. What's up? What's up, Chad? We will not do your intro this time because we did it last time, and hopefully I will uh, put these in order. Um, you, you don't want to make a crown royal joke again? No. I mean, they know that already. You're a UofL fan. If nobody knows that, I mean, you know you have to love you. Crown Royal. Did y'all beat Pitt the other day? Uh, no. Uh, they, uh, I knew it was close. We ended up losing, and uh, our QB ended up getting carted off the field. Oh, man. That dude was pretty good. I think he, he's actually going to be fine. I think he uh, landed funny and hit his head pretty good. And uh, there was a report come out today that said he was going to be okay. So, Well, he had to hit his head before he went to UofL. Well, maybe he just laid there because he was embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this is Pittsburgh. Come on, guys. Yeah, exactly. Y'all did womp up <laughs> on uh, um, Western, though. We did. I wish we could do that to everybody, but uh, now Pitt's defensive line was pretty killer. They were they were getting through everywhere. Well, your all's offensive line is not very good. Yeah, we lost a couple good guys. All right. Well, let's get into the whiskey. Nobody gives a shit about U of L. Not really. All right. Uh, so the first one is favorite release this year so far. Boy, we won't because no, neither one of us have gotten any. Uh, <laughs> So most anticipated, let's do that. And sleeper release of the year, if you've got one of those. Oh, man, most anticipated. Let's see here. I was not really looking for anything in particular. Um, I was kind of waiting on the Michter's tenure to come around because I was going to grab one of those. Um, let's see, what else was I looking for? <laughs> You know, I had one in mind, but I can't remember what it was. There was a there's a couple that I was looking for, but nothing like uh, super super crazy. Uh, pretty much been looking forward to the rest of the mythical releases because that's all I can really afford. But, yeah. <laughs> you can't really afford those, but you do anyway. Yeah, just do anyway. You could do an Aaron bid and just sell everyone everything you get or Taylor. <laughs> I don't know how many of those rise he sold. I know I've seen at least three or two. But I've heard it's been more in pages that I'm not in. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen quite a few of those being sold out and about. But I don't know, man. I you got I got one of each, and you guys said that they're super good. So I just don't know if I can sell them. You can't. You have to drink them. Okay, fine. <laughs> Twist your arm. Sure. Uh, for <laughs> me, I think uh, Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. I've heard a lot of this year has been pretty good. Uh, overall, I'll probably go try it at a bar, though. That's not really something I would go buy unless I'm having a child this year, which I am not, um, thankfully, yet. Not before the year is out, at least. So, Man, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I could buy it. I couldn't open it. With what those things are going for, I mean, to me, they're not worth that. What, no. what have they been up? About 600 bucks now on the secondary? Yeah, I've got the two for the kids, and I've seriously considered selling them myself. I get 1200 bucks. Yeah, I know, but those those have a little, you know, a meaning behind behind them. They're a little special. I mean, if I was to find one, you know, I will always thought they're a hundred bucks. Let's let's open one, you know, let's let's try it and see what it's like. But that's back when they were going for forty more dollars, and you paid for them. Now they've jumped up so high. It's like there again. I can sell that and buy, you know, one hundred and fifty other mythical picks and be in good shape. I I remember trying one. I can't remember what year it was on your back porch. It was one of the first ones I'd ever, like when I first was getting into whiskey and I was like, Ooh, 
This is yeah, spicy. I think, I think that was a 16, maybe. Was it blue? That was the green one. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was blue or green. Maybe it's 14. I don't even know. How, I don't even remember how long you've been gone. I uh, miss you. Long time. <laughs> it feels like a lot longer than it actually has been. It really does. Uh, most anticipated sleeper release this year. I've, I've been in Starlight pretty big, and I just saw they had a, a TTB come through the other day that they're doing a six-year release this year. So that would really? probably be uh, my sleeper for the year. Um, sleeper release. I don't really know. Um, they're all sleepers for you. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I can get my hands on out of the ordinary. How about that? Yeah. Okay. We'll let you get away with that. Okay. Next question is from Lane Gross. 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 I don't know how to say it. It's one of those. G-R-O-O-S-S. He is a regular podcast listener, so what's up, Lane? Sorry if I got your name wrong. I said it both ways, so obviously I did it right at least one of those. So his first question is, how the increasing price tiers have allowed for bullshit, non-transparent ripping off of customers over mediocre bottles, uh, i.e. preservation distillery, very old St. Nick, and Stoli with Kentucky Owl. Any opinions on that? You Why don't start? you take off on this one? Because I think I can add more to what you have to say than, than kind of start the conversation. All right. Uh, for me, uh, the very old St. Nick has been a pretty hot topic recently for me because it's popping up a lot in Wisconsin. And I went pretty hard on it the other day. I was like, this is ridiculous bullshit people are paying for these bottles that just have this label on it that used to be really well known but now it's like they're an ndp that isn't really even clear on what they're putting in their bottles i know some of us dickle and if you're going to try to charge me 150 dollars for a 12 year old dickle i want to spit in your face <laughs> yeah i can agree with that i mean i don't i don't agree or like that uh you know, people are bottling stuff, especially if they're not telling us what it is um, and charging that kind of money from it. You know, it, it kind of bastardizes the old brands. Like when you look at a very old St. Nick or you used to see them um, every now and again on secondary, uh, you know what they were and you know that they were good. Um, but now you see them popping up in stores again. I don't know. What are they? 150, 199. I think some over $200. Yep. You don't know what's going in them. I was like, that's, that's horrible. There's no way, but it's very old and it's a rare cask and it's, uh, been asleep for 15 summers. Some well, of them are winter I mean, rise. Really the thing got me on the front was the old man. Yeah. Kinda like, you know, if there's an old man on the bottle, it's gotta be good. I heard that was Jim McMurray on the front of the bottle. <laughs> without the hat uh, that, that's a possibility i mean maybe aged up a little because he doesn't look like doc brown from uh back <laughs> to the future on those bottles that's for sure that's true his hair is a little more kept uh <laughs> when it comes to kentucky owl for me I, i've been i've gone back and forth over the years i know that deadman's a really nice guy dick dixon dixon's a really nice guy because i've heard him on a lot of podcasts seems like a dude uh I don't like their pricing structure uh, for not knowing what's in the bottle, sort of like Very Old St. Nick. But what I will give them a pass on is they started out at a lower price when they first came out with the first 
few old uh, Kentucky Owl releases. They've steadily brought the price up, which I don't like, but at least they have sort of a, a background and like a, a you know that what you're getting is going to be good, generally speaking. So they sort of been able to build that reputation whereas very old saint nick is just like here you go buy the swill for two hundred dollars yeah old owl's really cool and i've had the opportunity to hang out with dixon uh during one of his bourbon tastings that he did um you know that i kind of nice name dropping i'm sorry nice name dropping oh yeah (laughs) so i kind of fell off of um the old owl wagon after the first couple of releases, just because of the steady price increase and heard different things about whether it was as good as the first two or not. Um, you know, I, I think if you try to set a price point with your first bottle and it's way too low, then sure, go ahead and raise it up a little bit because obviously it was sought after. But if you're seeking out a, you know, what was their first one? hundred and, 125 bucks, 150 bucks for the first price wise. Yeah, it was something like that. I mean, there's just no room to go up. That's that's a that's a nice price for what it is. Um, and especially after the first one, oh, everybody loves it, so let's jack the price up. That's no way to do it. You know, it wasn't that good, I don't think. And now the uh, the rise are, are the new the, the rise and the new confiscated and those things are actually sitting on the shelves up here. Like you can pretty much go and pick up a Kentucky rye Kentucky Owl rye at the store as long as you know yeah, where they're at. I think they're charging one hundred ninety nine bucks for the rye. Um, I'm nervous about the confiscated. I've seen those places and and just haven't pulled the trigger on it just because of the of the price. I had a sample of it for a hundred dollars. It's not terrible, but at the same time, for a hundred dollars, I could get two bottles of Weller or uh, seventeen ninety two foolproof. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, the next question from Lane is: How pandemic pandemic situation has made it increasingly difficult for small craft distilleries to survive, especially ones distilling their own product and or waiting on age stock? Could be a good opportunity for guy guest interviews. I guess that was for me to, to interview people that we actually do have uh, been talking to Barry from uh, William Tarr about coming on. He sent me a bunch of samples. Well, then you talked to uh, I was listening through some of your podcasts the other day, some of the previous podcasts. And like you talked to the Blom brothers and uh, the Johns over at Smooth Ambler about how they were kind of handling all this at the beginning of the uh of the pandemic and if anything i think it's given given them time to uh you know for one at least go out and help out and do something good with what they have um but two also experiment with things um you know just to bring it up i think it was the blonde brothers who said it that you know if if it gets to the time to where there's ever a, a retail market again for hand sanitizer and they can help out they you know run a few batches of whiskey and then run a batch of hand sanitizer just to keep that going so um you know i, I know it's all a struggle especially with uh, gift shops visits and stuff like that a lot of these craft distilleries are more uh, touristy than some of the bigger guys and they rely on that um but i think in the end these guys have had a little time to sit back and think come up with ideas come up with big plans for things that they want to do once everything gets back open because i know we've missed a lot this year uh 
especially Smooth Ambler, the Dramblery. Um, yeah. These guys haven't got to go out and and be around and 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 hold some of the events they would usually have. So I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming. I think everybody seems like they're doing okay. Um, you know, I hope they're not struggling. Um, I, I think it'll turn out okay. I think a lot of them have uh, pivoted, like you said, with the uh, hand sanitizer. I don't know that that probably completely took up or made up for what they lost in their gift shop stuff, but I know a lot of them are doing cocktails to go. I mean, they've had to improvise. So obviously they're not making as much as they probably would have in the otherwise, but like you said, it has given them time to think about what else they could get into and do. They're still doing okay with their barrel programs. You know, you don't get the experience by getting to actually go. Um, up until recently, I mean, I've actually been to a few distilleries, Nulu, Heaven Hill, uh, Bullet. But, you know, Smooth Ambler sent us those samples. And I'm sure, you know, anybody that's still wanting to to um, do anything with their barrel program would be more than happy to send samples out to groups that are in line. They're actually doing them at the distillery again. Okay, good. Good deal. Um, so I've only got one more question or no, there's another one. How will COVID affect allocation season with many bars closing? Will more bottles be available this year? How will places like liquor barn or Woodman's here locally handle their raffles? Uh, I'll go with that one. I'll take that one first. Um, I think COVID's going to affect it as far as they're not going to be able to do, uh, raffles, in person, they're going to have to do something else. They're either going to have to do a rewards program. Maybe liquor barn does that. I'm not real sure. Uh, Woodman's here is a large store. You probably never heard of it. Uh, but they, they used to do a big release around Thanksgiving. They're obviously not going to be able to do that. Cause you won't be able to get that many people together. Uh, I think they'll probably do a raffles with tickets. If I had to guess, um, the bars closing, I do think will have an effect. Uh, probably mostly in Milwaukee because a lot of bars get that allocation in Milwaukee. Uh, Madison tends to go more to the stores from what I heard. So and I, I think it's going to have an effect. I think it's still going to be a bitch to get anything. So it really won't make that much of a difference. Maybe an extra five or six people will get what they want this year, but they're going to have to find alternate ways. There's a place called Riley's in Madison that does all theirs online. You go online and you click to, to put your name in for each bottle. And then they draw it. So that's pretty cool. Who knows how many people actually enter it, though. So probably very slim. I did win a William LaRue Weller from there once. And I instantly traded it to Ricky for a Bluegrass Beast so I could sell it. <laughs> but I knew he wanted the William LaRue Weller. So I was, we were both fine with that trade. There you go. Bluegrass Beast. Man, I've got one up, up there. I'm waiting on a special day to crack. That's an interesting bottle. Yeah. We'll get into that another time. It was an interesting um, day. I think that I think the bars will be okay. Um, I think the bars are still going to get what they get because they're going to open up eventually. Um, it's not going to be another, hopefully, not going to be another year uh, before they open, so they're not going to have backup of uh, any of the allocated bottles. So, you know, I, th- I think they'll still get their allocation, especially down here because, you know, bars are open um, and there's still a little curfews and all that going on, but bars are open, restaurants are open, people are going out, you know, kind of getting tired of the whole COVID thing and and uh, venturing out a little bit more. 
we'll see once it gets cold because a lot of these people are out patio sitting at the restaurants. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I always liked as far I don't you're right I don't think they're going to be able to do like the big lines and the raffles and stuff like that this year. Um, that's just looking for trouble at this point from from the authority. Um, but one thing that I really liked, I think Ed Bly did it, is he would uh, just set random bottles out on the shelves. Yeah. And door and and post like, hey, we got something special out today. First person that comes in and finds it gets it. And um, I mean, I guess that would be okay for for smaller stores. I wouldn't want to have. 200 people running around liquor bar and looking for one or two bottles that I've set out. But, you know, I always thought that was a pretty cool and fair way to do it. You know, just set them out a couple at a time. And that way everybody kind of sort of gets a better chance instead of uh, just saying, Hey, they're going to be here this day and you either get a line or they're gone in 10 minutes either way. I think uh, Julie told me she was on her hands and knees or uh, crawling around cork and bottle a couple times looking for those. Uh, those seeking finds he used to do. I wouldn't doubt it. There, there were some pretty cool ones up there. I wish I could have made it up for. So the final question is brought to us again from Troy from Speakeasy. Uh, Dan Pep Peeper brought this up in a conversation. I thought it was a good question. Are bourbon enthusiasts going to be turned off by all the four and five year old single barrel stuff coming out these days? It depends. Depends on where it's coming from. Um, We found some. We have found some pretty good uh, four and five year stuff. Four and five year, two five years from uh, Smooth Ambler. Uh, We've got the Starlight picks. Um, I mean, we've done quite a few younger picks. Most of them have been pretty good. Yeah. It, it does suck because you kind of sit there and reminisce on on the old days when it was easier to get the older stuff, especially doing barrel picks. Um, I, I don't know that I would go out to a store and just buy a random bottle that was five or six years old without knowing, you know, whether it was picked or if it was just bottled for the hell of it or what. Um I don't know that I can say that I'm getting turned off by it. I'm I'm slowly getting tired of it, but at the same time, I've still got a lot of good stuff to drink that are five and six years old. It's only good if it has a Zelda store, uh, sword stuck to the top of it. That's probably got to be the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had it, but it's got to be the best one. Have you seen that on I, Facebook? Yes, I have. Can it's believe- actually really bottle it is a cool looking bottle but it's a five-year-old single barrel of uh jeff mattingly yeah so there you go <laughs> uh for me i don't get tired of it the single barrel stuff what i get tired of is when people try to charge crazy prices for it either yeah. either at the store or at uh, uh on the secondary market like the bottle we just talked about i mean the people are trading those for three hundred dollars just because it's got a zelda sword stuffed in the top of it i mean nostalgia's all good and i think it's a cool bottle and if i could get one in retail i would take it but that's just stupid just quit buying dumb shit and we'll all be all right uh (laughs) as far as the four four and five year old single barrels what it really does is make you have to rely on who picks it uh you got to make sure that you know who's doing it and know that they're really you know willing to go the extra mile and say no to things that aren't good in order to find something that is good. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I've been, like I said, I've, 
I've been on a couple picks where we've had some of the younger stuff. Um, and, and so far, I think what we've picked has been pretty fair, pretty good. Uh, nothing, nothing super epic. I mean, the smooth amblers that we picked are pretty good, but still yet they're, they're five years old. Yeah. So they're good for what they are. Um, but you're right. You don't want, there's, there's been a lot of them that I've tried that you have picked or I have been on the pick on, uh, that don't taste like they're five. You don't get that corn or that grainy or that younger taste. And if you do, it's just a little bit. And I think that's what people's going to look for. Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to turn down barrels that, that taste young because there are the ones out there that, that have that faint little taste of being a young bourbon in it. But, but they have so much flavor otherwise that, that you can kind of get over the fact that, Hey, I'm, I've just picked a five-year-old single barrel. And I think the ones that are tasting a little young now are going to be the ones that are able to age a little longer because people might not take them. So they might be able to get into the seven or eight year olds. Cause I mean, let's be realistic. That's what we're going to get right now. Cause a lot of your older stock is either tied up in blends or it's just not there because right now, five years ago is when the boom really kicked in where they really started mass producing the stuff. Right. Yeah. And I've got high hopes for some of these barrels that are getting passed on. I think when they, when they hit that seven, eight, nine year old, I think they're going to be great. Um, you know, if I've learned anything from when I first started doing this is that I think some of my favorite and some of, uh, uh, everybody's favorite of the smooth amblers were, were eight, nine years old, if not seven years old. I don't know that I've had a seven-year-old pick. I think I had, I've had one or two, I think, and I may be wrong. There may not be any seven-year-old picks. There are. There are. I just haven't had them. Um, That Frugal McDougal that I was talking about was, uh, I think that was an eight-year-old pick. That was pretty good. I got one eight-year-old left. The, I think might be the only one I've ever had is eight-year-old from downtown Knoxville that I've never seen on the sec on the secondary market, period. So I'm, wow. I'm holding on to that joint. It was like one of my first smooth ambler bottles I ever got. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, we're up against it like 25 minutes, so we'll go ahead and cut it off here. Uh, you got anything to say in closing there, my friend? Uh, lots of good questions. Um, I hope we hope we answered them well. Um, hope uh, hope you don't take what we said too much to heart. But if you do, that's awesome. <laughs> um, you know, just going back to the question about the younger barrels and and what you said about what's going to happen when they age. Uh, that's something that I'm really looking forward to uh, from everybody, just, not just people that that uh, source out MGP, but there's a lot of people that's making their own stuff. And uh, when that comes of age, I think there's going to be some great things out there. Well said, well said. All right, well, we're going to close it out. And until next time, enjoy your pours and enjoy your family.